Alright, hey party people. How y'all doing? Everybody alright? Everybody all present and can't afford? Did you make it to, to work on time today? You doing good? You adjusted to the time change? Hope your dog didn't wake you up at like 5. Thinking it was time to get up and party. Or your kids. Heck, maybe you woke yourself up too early. Because you're not quite used to it yet. We'll, uh, we'll make it through today together. We got a couple of hours to get into here on a Monday. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in to the Workday Red Zone. Thanks for listening on the ticket, KDA 970 AM, along with 95.3, and 104.1 KBRI. We are streaming online at 953theticket.com. And in addition to that, you can take us with you on the go. Uh, go ahead and download the TuneIn app if you have not already. Search for KNEA and you are going to be all set. If you would like to shout at us today, super easy. Just ring us up, 9303776. You can also interact with us on social media, facebook.com slash 953. The ticket is one place to head or on Twitter at Kara underscore Richie, or you can use the hashtag WDRZ. I think that's it for the intro. I'm Kara Richie. I'm joined in studio by producer Kate Carlton. Good afternoon. And uh, yeah, two hours ahead here on the ticket with a whole lot of stuff to dive into. First things first, let me mention some some programming stuff here. We're not going to be with you tomorrow on the show. We are not going to be with you Friday on the show. Now, you'll still hear plenty of Cade Carlton, but <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be here because we've got women's hoops coming up. And uh, in fact, tomorrow they're going to start. It's going to be a crazy day tomorrow on the A-State campus, but uh, women's basketball in action at 11 a.m. And they start their season against Harding. It's part of a triple header tomorrow. So because we've got A-State women's basketball for you Tuesday and then also on Friday as they hit the road for Oklahoma, <clears throat> that overlaps our showtime, so so we're not going to be with you. So we're going to have a couple of shows this week, a couple three shows where it feels like we're trying to cram in multiple days worth of conversations. And that is obviously today as we've got to recap the weekend, but we've also got a preview uh, the A-State men's and women's basketball season is is that all tips off tomorrow. So we're going to throw a whole bunch of stuff at you and, and hope for the best. How's that? Looking back on the weekend, of course, Arkansas State football. Uh, well, Saturday's homecoming game just did not no, did not go the Red Wolves' way as they dropped a 48-14 decision to Appalachian State at Centennial Bank Stadium. It was, um, well, A-State was, was down early. It was not a very good start on the day for the Red Wolves, but... Battled back to tie it up 14 in the second quarter. Everybody was feeling like maybe there was a little bit of hope. But uh, the remainder of the, the game was all Mountaineers. They scored 34 unanswered to pull away for the win. Emmanuel Stevenson, Ross Painter, the guys who recorded a touchdown receptions for a state. So the Red Wolves are now 1-8. and eight. Looking ahead to tomorrow. Again, not one, not two, but three different A-State teams in action at First National Bank Arena. And I apologize, I think I said Harding a moment ago. But the women's basketball season will start against Central Baptist College. 11 a.m. is when that one's going to tip off. That means pregame coverage is going to start right here at 10.30 on the ticket. Now, women's volleyball also going to be in action tomorrow against Little Rock. That is at 5. And then at 7.30, you'll be able to hear men's hoops. They do take on Harding. On 107.9 K-Fine, pregame coverage there at 7. More hoops talk coming up in a moment. But again, no show for us tomorrow. Uh, looking elsewhere in terms of news, Arkansas football bowl bound. Following a 31-28 win over number 17 at Mississippi State Saturday at Reynolds Razorback Stadium, Hogs notched 
Win number six behind the most efficient game of K.J. Jefferson's career. Also, that game-winning touchdown came courtesy of Dominique Johnson. Uh, other news and notes, the St. Louis Cardinals hauled in five gold gloves yesterday. That's a major league record for a team in one season. So you got Tommy Ed, Harrison Bader, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, and Tyler O'Neill all earning honors at their respective positions. I think that's it in terms of news. Is that it? Do we have Grizzlies tonight? Let me double check. Tonight, yeah. Grizzlies hosting the Timberwolves 7 <laughs> o'clock pregame at 6.30 here on the ticket. Uh, you get into this time of year and it's just, if there's not a game on the ticket, then something's wrong. But uh, Grizzlies tonight, so we'll be looking forward to that as well. As far as today's KavanaughCars.com question, again, so much we've got to get into, but with basketball starting tomorrow, I want to know how you would describe your expectations heading into the upcoming season. We've got that set up as a poll question for you on Twitter. And of course, we'll have the phone lines open for a bulk of today's show, so you can weigh in with us at 930-3776. Of course, in the meantime, we'll also be doing a large amount of, of football recapping for the weekend, but again, kind of several different things we're, we're going to get into today on the program. Again, how would you describe your expectations heading into the season? Of course, the Red Wolves return well, darn near everybody from last season. Yeah. So if uh, if you think this team, if you liked a couple of pieces that you saw last year with this team, I think you'll be set to uh, enjoy watching those same guys play this year. Of course, the big storyline with this year's team is the fact that, in my opinion, you have not one, not two, but three Northeast Arkansas products that are going to be out on the field. And I think uh, you're going to see a few different times. If they weren't all guards... You would see more times where they could possibly be out there on the court together. And there's still that possibility. But uh, Avery Feltz, of course, is, is a West Side guy. He's a projected starter. Marquis Seaton is a Jonesboro High School guy. He's, he's a projected starter tomorrow. Desi Seals would be a projected starter uh, this one tomorrow. But I don't know about his health status. I'm not sure if we're going to see him back yet or not. But obviously still recovering from that tough fall in the Scarlet and Black game. We're going to see him soon. I just don't know if it's going to be tomorrow because this is a team you're playing Harding tomorrow. You don't necessarily need to see him tomorrow. If he's not 100%, you know, save him for, for Friday when this team takes on Illinois. But uh, you look and there's a lot to like. There's a lot of Northeast Arkansas flavor to like on this team. And, and I have some higher expectations than I have in quite a minute. You just have so much experience. You have the preseason Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year in Norshad O'Meara. Uh, Desi's going to add a, a lot, and this team is going to be able to shoot it lights out. So I think there's some some reasons to be excited for the upcoming season. That's where I'm at. I, I'm pretty high on the excitement level. But today, we're asking for where you're at in terms of um, how excited you might be heading into the upcoming season. Of course, we'll also talk plenty of A-State football today. And... I'm kind of just trying to gather my thoughts, to be honest. Because I don't know at this point in time, nine games into the year, one and eight record, eight game losing streak. What else is there to say? This yeah. is this is not a good year. You might be able to get some silver lining wins before it's all said and done. As you have two of the weaker teams in the Sun Belt Conference coming up in the final three weeks. But I'm just, 
I'm kind of at a loss for words over what to continue to say without repeating myself on things we've we've came in and said pretty much every Monday <laughs> or or every or in a couple cases Friday following those midweek games. I, I just feel like I'm a broken record at this point in time. So I'm not sure what I could say at this point in time regarding these recent performances that would help us continue to make it through this season together. Um, it was real bad Saturday for about 10 minutes to start. A-State was in a very quick 14 to nothing hole. And, I mean, I'm just sitting there thinking, all right, well, App State's going to cover in the first quarter. And then we saw Arkansas State get it together. Uh, we saw A-State be able to go and have a good drive to get on the board early with an Emmanuel Stevenson score. And then shortly, like right after that, we saw Ramonic pick up a pick off a pass. And we saw Arkansas State turn that into a touchdown to Ross Painter. Pretty cool note there. First career catch. And it, it goes for a score. And you're thinking, all right, you know what? This Arkansas State's not going to be a pushover in this one. It's 14 to 14. They've got some momentum going. Let's see what the Red Wolves can do today in a, in a game where they're they're kind of overmatched, but you know what? They're hanging in there tough right now. And then the rest of the game happened. It's very hard not to flashback as, as that first half continued. It was hard not to flashback to the first meeting between these two teams, which that was back in, in 2014. And in that one, if you, you know, you've slept since then, you don't really remember how that one unfolded. In that game, Arkansas State, you know, played pretty well in the first half. And then right towards halftime in that game, App State put together a really, really good drive, scored, Arkansas State wasn't able to answer, and got the ball back out of the half. So went into the half with all kinds of momentum. Now, that game wasn't nearly as lopsided of a win, but, but that's what we saw. On Saturday, this Saturday, here in Jonesboro, we saw, after A-State tied it up, we saw App put together a couple more good drives. Arkansas State didn't have an answer offensively. They went into the break with all the momentum. They got the ball back out of the half, and it was over. There, there were very, very few items of note that are worth talking about that came from Arkansas State's performance in the second half. It was fairly unpleasant. Of course, as always, you all are welcome to share your thoughts on the game with us. We'll have open phone lines throughout the day at 9303776. We'll have a couple of post-game clips to share with you from Coach Jones coming up in the next segment. But uh, I tell you what, let's go ahead and hit pause. We'll come back. We'll start. I guess we'll look at stats. I don't know. We'll talk more football. I really don't want to look at stats. We'll figure out what we'll do after this. So keep it here with us on the Workday Red Zone. We're the station that loves bat flips, transition threes, and end zone dances. One, two, three. It's Northeast Arkansas's sports station. 95.3. The ticket. Bigger bonuses. Increased starting pay. Linux Industries has 300 positions to fill and is now offering brand new seasonal shift incentives. Hiring bonuses from $2,000 for first shift and $2,500 for second shift. Starting pay from $15.25 on first to $16 per hour for second shift. Plus excellent benefits including full medical benefits and a free on-site clinic for employees and their families. 
families and an air-conditioned factory. Bigger bonuses, increased starting pay up to $16 an hour. Come join the Linux team, the leading HVAC company in America. Call 870-672-8161 or apply online at linuxinternational.com slash careers. Linux Industries is an equal opportunity employer. You've been told banks with branches don't have the digital capabilities you need, but why not have the best of both worlds? At First National Bank, we have all the online banking tools you could ever need. Plus, if you need something, we have real people in real places near you. Digital, with branches, and real people. We know you can't be everywhere at once, but we can be anywhere you are. Check it, snap it, track it, pay it, move it, and ask it anywhere. First National Bank, putting you first, always. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. It's John G. for George Kale Motors in Newport. Have you ever been to a car dealership and a salesperson chases you around like you stole something? At George Kale Motors, we won't chase you around or lie in front of your car to make you stop. But we will try to do everything we can to make you comfortable and enjoy your shopping experience. We offer great selection, great prices, and exceptional service after the sale. View our entire inventory at georgekalemotors.com or come see us at Newport off Highway 67, Exit 85, GMC and George Kale Motors. We are professional grade. Hey, Red Wolves fans. This is Angie Gallagher with United Country Scenic Rivers Realty. It's the happiest time of the year. Football season is here. Join me in wishing Coach Jones and the Arkansas State Red Wolves the best of luck for a winning season. And remember, whether you are thinking of buying a home or selling your property, call me for all of your real estate needs at 870-219-5159. From Jonesboro to Pocahontas to Hardy and Cherokee Village in Imboden, I cover all of Northeast Arkansas. And from one Red Wolves fan to another, Let's go, Red Wolves! Attention farmers! Pico Foods wants you to know how much they appreciate your business and that they are ready to buy your stored corn and milo. Pico Foods purchases year-round and always at competitive prices. The eighth-largest poultry producer in the U.S. and a fourth-generation family-owned business, Pico Foods believes in supporting local producers, so they buy corn and milo from farmers' bins at competitive prices year-round. Call today. In Arkansas, David Durham or James Chester at 870-202-7101. In Alabama and Mississippi, contact Greg Bird or John Taylor Hickman. 601-670-9383. When you're unemployed, it can seem like there's no way out. But with the right tools, suddenly it all just clicks. Develop new skills and find your path to a new career at findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. This is your warning. You're entering the Workday Red Zone. We welcome you back to the Workday Red Zone as we get settled in and rolling here on a Monday. Not going to lie, time change hits a little harder the older you get. I'm going to be starving in about an hour, so I want to apologize in advance if you can hear my stomach rumbling, uh, stomach growling through the uh, the microphone, so sorry. My bad. Kara and Kate with you here, 930-3776 is the number to call. We've got uh, kind of a couple big items to note that we're talking about. One, obviously, we're recapping Arkansas State's 48-14 loss to Appalachian State from the weekend. But also, tomorrow starts Arkansas State basketball season. Since we're not going to be with you tomorrow to, to preview, we're asking you today, how would you describe your expectations heading into the upcoming basketball season? And that's the KavanaughCars.com question. Right now, 46% of you, we gave you a couple of options, by the way, on Twitter, so you didn't have to overthink it. You could just look at one that, that fits where you're at and click. But right now, most of you 
rolling with, I think they'll be good. That's your expectation level. But you can weigh in with us, of course, on social media or on the phone as well. So that comes up tomorrow. Again, uh, the women opening up the season against Central Baptist College, the men facing off against Harding, and uh, interested to see. I'm intrigued by the men, obviously, with, with what they've got going on, but I still, because I don't know if they're going to have Desi back tomorrow, I still don't know if we'll get to see the complete picture of what this team is going to look like uh, when they take on, um, you know, a, a full team other than themselves. We won't see that until Friday, and that's going to be a really significant challenge then as they face off against Illinois. Even if, if Illinois, uh, not if, they will be without their best player in Kofi um, Oh, Kofi thank you. They're going to be without him, but that's still going to be a really, really yes. good team and, and a tough challenge. The women, I am interested in seeing what they look like tomorrow just because I, I am still learning who's on that roster, to be honest with you. Matt Daniel brought in several new faces, so things are going to look a little bit different. Also, in the first few games, and I'm not sure how many she'll be out, this team will be without Jiver Washington, so you're going to have to have a different player there handling a point guard duties. But that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. Uh, for the A-State women in, in not, having her, not having her at the beginning of the season. Because once she got hurt last year, the season just kind of spiraled on A-State because they didn't have a great backup point guard to come in. Morgan Wallace did admirably. Um, and, and then they had uh, some other players that filled in that role too, but there wasn't really any replacing Dryra. So just in case there's any situation coming up later on this season or once you get to conference play where Jaira is out any at all, even if she gets, you know, the flu or something for a game, at least you'll know then what you might have in terms of a backup point guard because that's how you're you're starting the season. But 9303776, the women playing at 11 tomorrow, the men at 7.30, both of those games at First National Bank Arena with some A-State volleyball sandwiched in between at 5 o'clock. I want to switch back to the football talk here for a moment. Again, we have some audio to share with you in a moment from Arkansas State head football coach Butch Jones. But I just continue to try and try and kind of figure out where, where to start with this one um, in terms of, of what we saw because I am, you know, I, I've said this before, I am at heart an optimist. And there there are areas where this team is improving. But if I'm trying to give you like a really good optimistic reason to, to watch the final three games, there's just not a lot there other than, well, the opponents are about to get worse in two out of the last three. So you do have better opportunities to win there. Now, I think, again, I, I think we're seeing some improvement, especially on, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. 48 points is a lot, but keep in mind that two touchdowns that were scored Saturday were, were pick sixes. So you had the defense that allowed 34 points in this game. So if you're looking at, you know, for signs of improvement, that's better than what A-State gave up to an almost identical App State team last year. You know, last season App State hung 45 on A-State. And to be honest with you, this App State team is probably just a little bit deeper than the one they put out there last year with the addition of uh, not a one but a two-headed monster at running back and then Corey Sutton being back and a very good Chase Bryce out there as well. So when you add to that, you know, the fact that you go back two games ago and they gave up 28 to the Cajuns, 31 to South Alabama, 34 to App State, these still aren't necessarily great numbers that you want to hang your hat on, but they're a lot better than the, the 50 burgers 
that some opposing teams were yeah. putting up on the Red Wolves earlier. I, I don't feel like if these teams played again today that we would see Tulsa hang 41 on A-State. I don't think Georgia Southern would be able to put 59 on A-State. I think we would see improvement there. And is it the the ultimate improvement that all of us want? Not Not yet, but, you know, one of the things that we said last year and going into this year as well is that if, if A-State even had a slightly below average defense last year instead of a bad, bad defense, then it would have been a little bit of a different season. It would have at least been a season that led to bowl eligibility. And while we're not at a point where this is a good A-State defense, they are getting closer slowly but surely to slightly below average instead of just very, very, very bad. And again, I know that's still not where people would see it, but, I mean, baby steps. Uh, this team does still have some significant work to do not to end up dead last in what I consider the four major defensive statistical categories where you've got total defense, pass defense, rush defense, and uh, scoring defense. But maybe, again, with two out of these last three being against ULM and Texas today, we can see, maybe we'll see a win or two. I think we can definitely see some statistical improvement from, from the defense. As far as offense, I mean, you have to see statistical improvement there. This is... It's rough to watch this offense operate right now. Yes, they got in the end zone. Yes, they scored two offensive touchdowns this week. But it it just feels like this offense is just stagnating right now. I, I don't know what, if anything, is is going to spark it over the last three games. Do you Do, do you have another quarterback change? Because, look... You just can't have a situation where your quarterback is is consistently going out and throwing multiple interceptions. You can't have a situation where where your quarterback is responsible for putting fourteen points on the board of, the, yeah. of your opposition. You just you just can't. So do you bring back Blackman if he's healthy enough to go? Do you look to Beagle? We did see Beagle in this game. <sighs> I really felt for the young man because. The very first play, he goes out there. Well, the ball gets snapped. He goes one direction and the football goes another. So the football is like snapped two feet wide of where Beagle is. He has to chase it down. It's a 22-yard loss on the very first play of his career. Now, we did see some other, you know, moments of note when he was out there, including a big game. You know, he did show us a little bit what he can do with his feet because that is his that is his uh, calling card. That's his strength. It's not that he's necessarily got a cannon out there and he's going to save A-State by able, being able to throw bombs, but he's a dual-threat quarterback. And I would like to see a little bit more of him as the season goes on because sometimes a guy that can get things done with both his arm and his feet can put a little bit less. It, it, can, it can turn into a situation where your offensive line has just a little bit pre- less pressure on them and and maybe you can get some plays going there but this this offense is is it has been tough to watch over these past few games and it, it honestly at several points in time this season it's it's been a struggle so I don't know what we're going to see from there on out uh, from here on out in terms of offensive personnel and who might be able to step up or, or what I will tell you you know if you didn't notice um, I know you probably looked in the stat book for Marcel Murray's name, but he wasn't even dressed 
for this game. So that honestly makes me think that that the red shirt is the reality here for this yeah, season. Which is honestly probably the best thing at this point. It probably is. It really is. I know it's disappointing this year not to see him because, hey, I, I do love a good Marcel Murray spin move as much as anybody else. But if he's not healthy, man, just put him on the shelf. See yeah. what can happen if he is healthy some point in time down the line. Hope for the best in that situation. I tell you what, uh, I started rambling and honestly almost forgot we had some clips from Butch Jones to share with you all, but uh, it's time to go ahead and dive into that. Is of course, following the game, he joined J.C. Cox on the sideline on the 107.9 K5 postgame show to recap how he thought he, his team performed in this win. And, and one of the things that those guys brought up is the fact that going into that half, you know, A-State had tied it up, and then App State able to put together a couple good drives, add 10 more points to the board. They went into the half with all the momentum, App State with the ball to come out of the break, and Jones talked about how that kind of changed the game. Well, you're exactly right. It was pretty evident in the second half when you really look at it. We did a good job defensively. We get off the field to start it, but offensively never in a rhythm, had absolutely no momentum. We only gained 58 yards the entire second half. You know, you go in 24-14, you stop, you get the ball, but really when you look at the third quarter, the first 12 minutes of the of the third quarter, we ran six plays, and we gave up three negative yardage plays of sacks. And then, uh, you know, you just look at 11 TFLs and four sacks, you're going to be behind the sticks all day. I thought, you know, really – a culmination of being behind the sticks and then really the management of critical third third downs and fourth downs and those critical downs are, are very very important can't turn the football over but I thought we never established any momentum uh, in the game offensively and then you know it comes down to winning football and that's what we talk to our players about is you know they competed uh, you know I'm proud of them that way but other than that we got to learn how to win football games and before you can ever win games you have to not lose games and uh, you can't have the air at snaps you can't turn the football over you can't have critical penalties you have to manage third downs you have to manage fourth downs all those critical downs that go into winning the game then you have to make plays and football is a game of one-on-one matchups and again I thought our kids came out and competed but again this program this team we got to continue to understand and learn what it takes to play winning football down in and down out but Jones mentioned there you know one of the things that he said was managing third downs right and we've talked I mean we're just a broken record at this point in time on how Arkansas State needs to do a better job in terms of being able to generate positive yardage on first and second down so that A-State is not in these insane third and long situations. A-State was 5 for 14 on third down. And considering what the yardage usually looked like, it's almost a miracle. A-State's average distance to go on third downs was 12 yards. How many teams do you regularly see convert third and 12s that aren't A-State opponents? I apologize for being snarky there. No, I mean, it's the answer it's, is not a lot. Yeah, But it's just, it's just a tough situation. So you have to, 
A-State, the offense has to do a better job of not putting themselves in that situation. And then if you are in that situation, for the love of all things holy, on a third and 20, don't call a screen pass. I'll probably complain about that more later. More audio with Butch Jones here as we get back on track. You know, in this game, one of the things we saw in terms of uh, when you're looking at the stat comparison is is A-State didn't have a, a terrible job, did not do a terrible job, excuse me, in terms of, of passing defense. Uh, they held App State to under 200 yards. You know, the completion percentage was chased with Chase Bryce was under 60%. Um, A-State did a really good job in terms of being able to shut down Corey Sutton, who is just a dynamic, dynamic receiver. And then Thomas Hennigan, who had a good day and had some good yards, he also had just like, he had a couple stupid catches that you just, you can't defend those. Uh, they were just insane. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't a terrible day there for the secondary. And, and Jones ta- talks about what he's seeing there in terms of progress. Well, we rallied and we didn't give up the explosive pass plays. And again, this is a good football team. You know, they're going to challenge to win the Sun Belt. And again, for me, it's a good measuring stick of where we're at as a program, where we need to go, how we need to recruit, how we need to build this this program really from ground zero and ground up. And everyone here is a part of that foundation that's on the current team. And then we got to look to improve it each and every year in the recruiting process and the developmental process. But, you know, when you play teams as talented as App State, they're going to expose all your deficiencies. Just like you said, I thought they owned the line of scrimmage. And, uh, you know, they've done that with just about every opponent they've faced all year. So I know exactly where we need to go, what we need to do to get there. But, again, we have to continue to build our program with our current team right now and just learn how to play winning football and continue to make that part of our culture and everything that we do. And it's my job to teach them, and it's my, my job to demand that from them as well. To follow up on what Jones was saying there, it, it has been nice to see Arkansas State cut back on allowing the explosive plays. Now, we've still seen some chunk plays, but obviously it's been it's been a whole three weeks since we've seen a 99-yard touchdown run. Um, it, it, we're seeing not only that, but it's been a minute since we've seen a one-play touchdown drive or a two-play touchdown drive or a 50-yard pass play or things like that. We're seeing progress there, and that's great. But we're seeing the opposition also adjust as well. And now these teams are just playing bully ball against Arkansas State. They've noticed that, all right, we don't have to throw it 50 yards to be able to score. We can just get five yards here. We can run it for seven yards here. We can add another six yards here. And we're just going to slowly but surely methodically march down the field because their line cannot hang with ours. That is what these other teams are going to say. This is what we're going to do, and you guys try and stop us. And A-State right now can't. Death by a thousand cuts is <laughs> still death. And that's what we're seeing now these opposing offenses do to A-State. It's not the 50-yard or 60-yard passes. Nickel and dime your way to the top. Five yards here, eight yards there. End result is still the same, and it's the opposition in the end zone putting up a lot of points. One more uh, clip here from Coach Jones as he talks about what's now on tap for A-State this week as they get ready for ULM. 
Well, I think we got to continue to learn from our lessons at not only this game, but in moving forward. And, you know, I see a lot of players that hurt in that locker room. And like I said, you, the way you feel right now is a direct correlation to your investment in winning, to your investment in this football team and this football program. And you have to be able to come on Monday. We have to be able to look things through a critical eye. And we have to learn to get better. And we have to learn from our mistakes so we don't repeat the mistakes next week. And that's what it's all about. And, you know, we used to say it all the time is the hardest thing for people is to really look at things through a critical eye and it starts with me you know was this team prepared what do we need to do better fundamentally how do we need to recruit how do we need to close on recruits what do we need to do to continue to close this season out but everyone's held accountable and it starts with me and our football program but I think as they come in on Monday we need to learn from the lessons that's the only thing you can do and you got to get ready to to go on the road and play winning football and just continue to learn, and these lessons should drive us, not just for this year, but for many years to come. Again, that was Butch Jones following Arkansas State's 48-14 loss to Appalachian State. Of course, he went through today and went through the Sunbelt Media conversation. Didn't, whoops, excuse me, didn't. Was not able to catch that, but he'll have his regular weekly media chat tomorrow, live with the Red Wolves coming up on Wednesday as well. So a few more opportunities to hear from Butch Jones this week and, and hear what he is thinking, what this team's mindset is as they get ready for that game at ULM on Saturday. We'll talk more A-State football with you, of course, coming up throughout the course of the program, but uh, we need to hit pause here. Our phone lines will be open during the break. 9303776 is the number to call. Keep it right here with us on the Workday Red Zone. Enter the Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie. Weekdays from noon to 2 on Northeast Arkansas's Sports Station. 95.3 The Ticket. Cooler weather is here, but that doesn't mean it's time to put up the clubs. NEA Golf Cars has all the accessories for the golfer who knows there is no off-season. Go by NEA Golf Cars and see their selection of windshields, rain covers, and countless other manufacturer original parts. And if it's time to park your cart, bring it to NEA Golf Cars for service to make sure there are no surprises next spring. And as always, you can check out their selection of new golf cars, including the Onward Series from Club Car. Call 236-GOLF or get by NEA Golf Cars, Highway 49 in Paragool. The folks at 1812 Pizza Company want to thank you for supporting locally owned businesses during times like this. At 1812 Pizza, still feeding your family the best pizza, sandwiches, and salads at all three of their locations. You can get curbside pickup in Manila or at Hilltop, and the Race Street location has a drive through window. Delivery is available from all 1812 Pizza locations, and it's brought to your door by one of their employees, not a third-party company. From their family to yours, thanks for eating local with 1812 Pizza Company. Soybean prices falling this hour. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB New Market Report. December corn at 551 and three quarters, down one and a quarter, with March corn at 561 and a quarter, down one. November soybeans 1181, down 11 and a quarter, with January soybeans 1190 and a quarter, down 15 and a quarter. December wheat at 770, up three and a half, with March wheat at 783 and a quarter, also up three and a half. December cotton at 116.94, up seven. March cotton at 113.78, up 54. January rice at 13.54, down a penny. March rice at 13.78, up a penny. Moving on to livestock now, December live cattle at 132.27 and a half, up 47 and a half, with February live cattle at 137.50, up 37 and a half. November feeder cattle at 158.57 and a half, down 30. January feeder cattle at 160.30, up 70. December lane hogs at 76.17 and a half, down 37 and a half, with February hogs at 79.22 and a half, down 25. 
That's your EAB New Market Report brought to you by Farmers and Merchants Bank. Field tested and farmer approved. Attention farmers, Pico Foods wants you to know how much they appreciate your business and that they are ready to buy your stored corn and milo. Pico Foods purchases year-round and always at competitive prices. The eighth largest poultry producer in the U.S. and a fourth-generation family-owned business, Pico Foods believes in supporting local producers, so they buy corn and milo from farmers' bins at competitive prices year-round. Call today. In Arkansas, David Durham or James Chester at 870-202-7101. In Alabama and Mississippi, contact Greg Bird or John Taylor Hickman, 601-670-9383. Let's say you're presented a stock which yields a guaranteed 82% return. You'd put your money in it, right? That magical stock is called Farm Radio, and for our advertisers, it is pure gold. 82% of farmers listen to their trusted farm radio station at least four days a week. The moral of the story? Farm Radio pays dividends, and both the listener and the advertiser lived happily ever after. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Turn it up and annoy your coworkers who wear the wrong colors. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Here's Kara Ritchie. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Katie with an I-303-776. How would you describe your expectation level heading into the upcoming A-State basketball season? Tips off tomorrow at First National Bank Arena. I am... Look, my expectations for the men are pretty high, and my expectations for the women are kind of wait and see. Got that many new faces. It's just... I, I want to see what some of these new players bring to the team, what their strengths are what it seems like the team's calling card will be. Will it be shooting? Will it be pace? Will it be defense? Long-distance shooting? In the paint? I don't know. Will they be able to draw fouls? Get to the line? I, I have no idea. So many new players. We're going to have to wait and see that tomorrow. For the men, I think the strength is easy. They're going to be able to shoot it really, really, really well. The games, when they're a little bit off, they've got Good rebounding guards. And then everything else, you've just got a human vacuum there next to the goal in North Shadow Mirror, who's going to just be another double-double machine. I have zero doubt of that. There are going to be several games this season where he's going to be the best player on the court. So, how will that all work out? The Red Wolves, of course, just return an insane amount of, well any possible statistic you can have. An insane amount of minutes, an insane amount of points scored, uh, an insane amount of rebounds scored. A-State ranks 6th in the country in terms of returning points. They rank 6th in the country in terms of returning minutes. So they lost a player last year, and then what did they do to fill that vacancy? They went out and got Desi Seals. So... Yeah, I would be worried if they didn't rank in the top 10 in terms of returning production. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> uh, but they do. Uh, you've got uh, an insane amount of returning production, and of course you add to it as well. So continuing to expect some big things there from A-State men's basketball coming up this season. 9303776, the number to call. I do want to switch back to, to the football conversation for just a moment and... The second second hour, we'll we'll be looking at a lot more, you know, national stories because it was a big wild week in terms of what happened in, in college football. So I want to make sure we have plenty of time for that. But but I do want to point out just a, a couple of 
noteworthy things that were not negative that happened Saturday for Arkansas State. One, heading into that game, I thought it was cool that it was a couple of round numbers for some A-State offensive linemen. That was a 40th career start for Andre Harris. It was a 50th career start for Jacob Steele. So pretty pretty neat uh, that those guys are there and hitting those numbers. I thought it was good to see Arkansas State record another interception in that game. Um, that's at least three in a row uh, because you had Romanic this week. You had back-to-back games where Kenny Harris recorded an interception. And Romanic, I kind of felt for him, man. He, uh, he was able to haul that in. It was there right at the perfect spot and then kind of got could not keep his footing. And then was not able to get that pick six. He had some clear field in front of him and just could not stay on his feet. Was very happy to see A-State capitalize on that. And then also a big, big positive. Blake Groupie is now the Arkansas State career leader in points scored by a kicker. He needed two to be able to tie and then pass Brian Davis. And he ended up with two. I also thought it was cool that Brian Davis acknowledged that. uh, Just putting out a tweet you know, quote, tweeting the announcement from A-State that just said, congrats, GOAT, of course, using the GOAT emoji. So I, I thought that was nice to see that recognition. And I thought that was, uh, of course, a great career accomplishment for Blake Groupie. He could still um, get to, you know, the all-time scoring leader at, at A-State. That record is attainable this year. The all-time Sunbelt scoring record, I think that's attainable this year as well. And then I'm, of course, hoping that we see him back with A-State next season. Although, um, Look, some of these guys are going to have other opportunities. So Butch Jones, yeah. and with the, the transfer portal now being wide open, Butch Jones not only has to recruit players for the vacancies that he knows he's going to have, he's going to have to re-recruit some guys who played very well this year, like Blake Groupie and Andre Harris and Kavon Bennett, guys like Corey Rucker, guys that you know he wants to keep around. He's, he's going to have to make sure they stay. Or it's uh, that's going to be a challenge in the off season as well. So we'll see how that all works out. Also, of note from that game, you know, we did see a couple of freshmen that we haven't seen at all, much of or at all, this season. We saw Wyatt Beagle, which we've we've already mentioned. Uh, we saw. Let me go through my notes here. Late in that game, we saw Darius Jackson out there on the defensive line. That was the second game he's appeared in this year. We saw McKeelan Thomas for the first time in this game, although briefly. But that is a guy that they're very high on on the offensive line. That was his first appearance of the season. We saw Tim Hardiman. He's appeared in one other game this year, but I'm assuming you know they'll want to keep that red shirt, so we'll see him in two of the last three. So just a couple of guys that we saw out there that we have not seen at this point in time. And I would expect more of those as uh, we continue along here in the final three games of the season. But... Tell you what, uh, let's go ahead and take one more break here. We will have phone lines open during the break uh, in this noon hour. We'll be back here in just a moment on the ticket. We are the station that always has our howl on. Northeast Arkansas Sports Station. 95.3. The Ticket. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Aaron Rodgers' season in Green Bay has been compared to Michael Jordan's documentary, The Last Dance. Rodgers and receiver Devontae Adams would ride off into the sunset just like Michael and Scotty did in their final full season. Of course, Chicago won the title that year. Green Bay fans would take that. But if you watch the last episode, you know the Bulls dynasty fell apart the following year. Yesterday, the Packers got a glimpse of the future without Rodgers, and it didn't look pretty. 
Second-year player Jordan Love got the start against Kansas City and struggled. But to be fair, it was his first game, and he'll get better. But the game was a reminder of how hard it is or will be to replace Rodgers, whether it's next season or in three seasons. This has been a wild week and a wild season in Green Bay. You get the feeling that it will make for a great documentary someday, maybe a 30 for 30. Everyone in Green Bay hopes the 2021 portion has a happy ending, even if the franchise's future looks uncertain. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Aging can make it tough to lose weight and keep it off. That's why I want to tell you about the new M-Drive Lean, the first-of-its-kind protein powder formulated with Morosil, a clinically tested blood orange extract that supports weight loss. Visit mdrivedan.com, try it for yourself. They offer free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose except for maybe some pounds. Lose weight, feel good. M-Drive Lean. Don't let age beat you. MDriveDan.com. That's MDriveDan.com. The hottest rookies, the biggest superstars, the all-time greats. There's only one place to collect them all, Panini Trading Cards. As the exclusive trading card partner of the NFL and the NFLPA, Panini America utilizes iconic brands like Don Rusk and Contenders, delivering instant classic trading cards of the most popular players. For autograph cards, memorabilia, rare inserts, and rookie cards, there's something for everyone in Panini America packs. Start or continue your collection today at Panini America. Express Employment Professionals is hiring right now near you. Express in Stuttgart is now hiring for seasonal positions at Riceland that could transition into a long-term and lucrative career in the rice industry, a business vital to this area. These jobs are also a great opportunity to earn extra money with substantial overtime. Now is the time to join Riceland in Lono, Hazen, Desark, Holly Grove, Fair Oaks, Hickory Ridge, Parkin, Wheatley, or Stuttgart. Seasonal positions include harvest labor, dump operators, sample house workers, and appraisal. There's never a fee to apply with Express. Express, and they offer free direct deposit or prepaid debit cards. Stop the job shuffle. Apply for the seasonal positions now available with Riceland, and you could transition into a continuing and rewarding career. Call 870-672-4568 to schedule an appointment to apply in person at Express Employment in Stuttgart, or begin your application online at ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com or 870-672-4568. Be part of the conversation on the Workday Red Zone. Phone lines open now, 930-3776. All right, welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. 930-3776 is the number to call. Asking you, well, we're asking you how you feel about this upcoming hoop season. Of course, we're recapping some Arkansas State football action from over the weekend. And then uh, I'm going to throw out a bonus, KavanaughCars.com question here in a moment, because because why not? we got to get to the phones first, though. We're going to check in with Bootsy. How are you doing today? Doing good, Kara. Thanks for taking the call. Thank you for calling. There's not a, not a lot of conversation to be had on Saturday today. Well, uh, just a, qu- a question for clarification. Now, Blake Groupie set or tied what record Saturday? So he's now A-State's all-time leading point scorer as a kicker. Okay. And how many points does he have? Does he have? 320, ooh, 327, I think, is where he's at in his career. 
Okay. Well, that, that makes sense because when I was at the game, uh, the announcer said that Blake was now the all-time scoring leader or something like that, and he left it at that, and he said at 50 or something, and I was just really confused because I could not imagine what Blake had just done, but that makes sense now. Yeah. Now he'll uh he's got I'll double check here in a moment, Bootsy, and see how many points away he is from becoming the all time scoring leader at, at any position because it's not a huge amount, but uh but he's he's getting closer to that record as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, well good for him. He's come yeah. a long way since his freshman year. He has, you know, he was he was inconsistent in year one, and then, you know, heading into year two, Blake Anderson flat out told him that he had brought in other guys to audition for that job and that he had lost the job, only for Blake Groupie to respond with, a, a, you know, I guess uh, the attitude that he wasn't gonna, going out like that. And a few years later, here he is. Yeah, Blake's response was a not-so-fast, my friend. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> hey, so... What is the question of the day? We're actually turning our attention to some hoops today, Bootsy, because we're not going to have a show tomorrow, and, and the season tips off, so I want to get everybody's thoughts on this. How would you describe your expectations heading into this upcoming A-State basketball season? You know, I'm, I, my uh, expectation is just wait and see as far as the men. Mm-hmm. I hope that they will be able to uh, uh, build on uh, some of the late season success they had last year. But uh, it's just been so long. It's just I'm at the point now where I'll just have to wait and see what happens. Uh, the women kind of the same situation. He lost a lot of players from their year's team. Uh, but with all of those losses, that, that means he had a chance to actually uh, maybe improve his roster. So uh, I'll be interested to see how they how they fare, particularly since uh, – uh, Zyra is still not ready to go, um, so uh, I'm I'm oh I want to use the word optimistic, mm-hmm. but that would be too strong a word. But I am I am excited and interested to see both of these seasons get going. Um, for the first time, I have purchased season tickets for basketball, and that that is actually on the women's side this year. Okay, so. I intend to see a lot of women's basketball this year at A-State. Well, awesome. I'm sure there are. Uh, I know that Matt Daniel, you know, hit the ground running this offseason to go out and, and drum up support for his program, make sure there were a lot of new season ticket holders. So I'm glad you're in that group as well, Bootsy. Yeah, you know, I, I've never had season tickets for uh, women's basketball ever. So uh, I'm I've always watched a couple of games a year, managed to make a couple of games, saw several others on, you know, the internet or whatever. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and get some season tickets. And they are not anywhere near expensive. So, you know, hey, now's the time to get going. Take advantage of the value. Absolutely. Good. Well, Bootsy, I'm sure we'll see, see you out there plenty this season. Thanks for giving us a ring today. All right, thank you much. We'll see you. 9303776 is the number to call. Let's just go ahead and live dangerously and see who's online too. Who we, who's uh, who's on the phone with us? It's me, Miss Lisa. How you doing? Well, okay. Are you ready for me to come on? Yeah, yeah. We've got to Oh, okay. Yes. Well, I called to give Cade a shout out okay. for being named, which I've known this, 
the new voice for the Arkansas State women's I think uh, basketball. I think he will do a great job, and I think it's. I don't think they could have picked anyone any better for the job. I really believe that, or I wouldn't say it. If I thought he was going to be awful, I'd say, "My God, <laughs> have they lost their minds?" But I think they picked a winner. And while I'm on here, I'll brag on my hogs. Yeah, uh, we were in Fayetteville all weekend. It was beautiful, and I must say, the crowd—it was a great crowd—and the crowd refused to let the team drop one iota. It was just. Um, I wasn't nervous. I knew we were going to win the game. I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I, I really wasn't nervous because I kept telling Jesse, I said, we're going to win this thing because the crowd will not let them lose it. And that poor kid, you know, we didn't know it being there till we got home, and I watched it all on replay and on SEC Network that he was the backup to the regular kicker. Mm-hmm. So look at the pressure he was under. He hadn't even been warming up all day. And then at the last minute, he says, you go. He's already missed two. See, I didn't know that till late last night. And then he gets on, oh, I'm so glad we didn't hire him. Then he gets on national TV, which other coaches have done this also, and had open tryouts for anyone, including myself or you, Kara, that want to go down and try out to be the Mississippi State kicker. If we get approved by the NCAA, we can try out. <laughs> sure. And I thought that was awful. Yeah. yeah. If I'm those kickers, I walk off and say, stuff it, and I get in the transfer portal, and I go wherever – Whoever needs a kicker. Kate, are you back? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Well, I'm bragging on you well, for no, being I, named the voice I, of the Arkansas State women's I appreciate basketball it. team. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you it. You will do a great job. You're young, energetic. You don't have a wife to pull you down yet. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you're footloose and fancy free. And... Uh, but uh, anyway, that's all I've got. Hey, Kay, what kind of reception did the Hugh get Saturday when they introduced him as the head coach uh, at Liberty? I mean, I I think it was there wasn't just a huge crowd there, so I think it was fine. I don't think there were any boos or anything like that. I think it was fine. No one threw any pantyhose or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, I think I think it all went fine except for the post after. Okay, what was the post after? Some interesting tweets from the Ole Miss uh, Twitter account that we're going to dive into in hour oh, two. Okay. Well, yeah. I think they should. He 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 wrecked the program for a while, literally and figuratively. All right. Thank you for taking my call. Appreciate the phone call, Miss Lee said. Congratulations on the bowl eligibility. Hey, that wraps up hour number one for us here on the Workday Red Zone. We've got a lot to dive into in hour two, including, I tell you what, we've got a bonus question for our KavanaughCars.com question. It is about... Some Ole Miss Twitter. We'll dive into it when we come back. Keep it right here with us on the Workday Red Zone.
This is Will Oswald with your Monday Ticket Sports Update from KDA. Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service. A rough homecoming for Arkansas State on a gridiron Saturday. They pulled to a 14 all-tie in the second quarter against Appalachian State. It was all Mountaineers after that in a 48-14 decision at Centennial Bank Stadium. A-State tries to reverse the skid on Saturday when they travel to Louisiana Monroe. Major League Baseball history yesterday, and it's colored in Cardinal Red. St. Louis picking up five Gold Glove Awards, the most ever by a single team in one year. Tommy Edmond at second, Harrison Bader in center, Nolan Arenado at third, Paul Goldschmidt at first, and left fielder Tyler O'Neill all picking up the honors as the best fielders at their positions. And the Grizzlies look to bounce back from a 28-point thumping at Washington on Friday in the first of a three-game homestand tonight as they take on Minnesota at FedEx Forum. Pre-game at 6.30, tip at 7 on KNEA and KBRI. Bringing you the best deal on tires since 1963, that's Plaza Tire Service, and that's the latest from the ticket. Tickets for the annual Grand Classic are on sale now at DNW Outdoors, Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, and online at DuckClassic.com. Duck Classic is a charity duck hunting competition benefiting the NEA Baptist Charitable Foundation. Ask how you could win great prizes like a 2021 Polaris Ranger 1000 Premium from Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, a $15,000 shopping spree to gamble home, and the duck truck, courtesy of Glenn Sane, completely camoed up and tricked out by DNW Automotive with over $14,000 in accessories. Tickets are only $100 are on sale now at DNW Outdoors, Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, and online at DuckClassic.com. The 19th Annual Duck Classic, presented by NEA Baptist, DNW Outdoors, Bandit Avery, Yeti, KAIT, Arkansas Health and Wellness, Drake, Gamble Home, Glenn Sane, Andy's Frozen Custard, Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield, Arvest Bank, Bayou DeVue, Elite Home Health, Elite Hospice, Hack Brown, NYIT, Ramson's Construction, Refuge Duck Calls, Sissy's Log Cabin, Sitka, Valley View Agri, Vineyard Outdoor, and East Arkansas Broadcasters. Colton Group USA is the largest manufacturer of caster and wheel products, responsible for the most trusted and highest quality mobility solutions available in the world today. Colson Group Jonesboro is building a state-of-the-art facility and looking for qualified individuals to join our team. Maintenance techs, assembly operators, order pickers, and forklift operators. Average starting pay is $18 an hour. Climate-controlled environment, great benefits, and a four-day work week with weekends off. Visit our website at colsongroupusa.com and click the Careers tab. Apply today. That's Colson Group USA. After 19 years, Nebo Auto Center is moving. That's right. Northeast Arkansas's original new car alternative has a brand new location just a quarter mile south of the old one at 3910 Stadium Boulevard. Nebo is your home to late model, low mileage cars, trucks, and SUVs that fit almost any budget. So visit NeboAuto.com and head to their new location at 3910 Stadium Boulevard, a half mile south of the bypass, and look for the red roof at Nebo Auto Center. We go. Where are we going? I thought you wanted to get some stuff for the party. We're going to the old country store off the Cash River in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Jonesboro. Yeah, but we need something besides beer and wine, don't we? The old country store has all spirits now. I'm taking you to see all your favorite men. Oh, you mean Jack, Jim, Jose, and Johnny. Yep. You know, Jose's my favorite. Keep your clothes on this time. The proceeding was recorded by poorly paid voice actors. The Old Country Store and Spirits, 16067 Highway 63 East in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Dan Avenue. The Old Country Store. There's a lot of things we can say about the kind of experience you get when using First Financial Mortgage. Here are more glowing reviews from satisfied customers. I always hate buying, selling, or refinancing a home. First Financial Mortgage was great from start to finish. Everyone there was friendly and easy to talk to. Mary Tucker was a godsend. 
This was our first home to purchase, and she walked us through the entire process step by step. She is a true professional. Call Mary Tucker or Lori Weaver, 935-7808. First Financial Mortgage, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. Half time's over, and we're getting back to work. Hour two of the Workday Red Zone begins now. Here's Kara Ritchie. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Kate here with you, 9303776 is the number to call. Several different things that we've been discussing today, of course, recapping some A-State football. We've got a A-State, bis- A-State basketball question of the day for you in terms of how would you describe your expectations heading into the upcoming season. And then in hour number two, I want to throw a bonus question your way, if that's okay. I know we've already got several things to discuss, but why not add one more to the mix? I'm guessing... That at some point in time, most of you realize that following Ole Miss's win over Liberty, the Rebels chose violence, or at least their social media team did. Because uh, when the when they posted the the final score tweet from the official Ole Miss football account, they posted, "quote If you have complaints about this result, send it to." lufootball at liberty.edu. If not, please do not slander these young men or insult their family. Of course, that was a uh, similar tweet to one Hugh Freeze put out when he was the head coach Mm -hmm. of One that put the target on his back. It did. Following that, they also put out another tweet from the Ole Miss football account with the score again that says uh, it was captioned, won the day with a thumbs up. And it was the infamous picture of Hugh Freeze in the hospital bed when he was first coaching at Liberty. He had to miss a couple games because he was he was not healthy. Ole Miss eventually deleted those tweets and apologized. But I want to know if you think those tweets that Ole Miss put out were fair game or were they Bush League? Appreciate D-Money waiting patiently here on the phones with us. D-Money, how are you? Uh, this is not D money. This is Z money. Z money. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Was uh, D money a firm make care? If you want, I'll let uh, I'll let D money go. I don't want to. I don't want to cut line here. Are Are you sure he actually was? And I hit the wrong line. Well, go ahead. I'm hey, I, I'm patient. Are you okay? Hey, I appreciate that, Zach. Hold on, just a moment, then. Yeah. Let's see if I can switch lines without hanging up on it. That's the real adventure. <laughs> Switching lines without yes. hanging up on anybody. Is this D-Money? Yes, it is. And, Zach, you're a good man. I appreciate it. Hey, we appreciate your patience as well. Thanks for holding <laughs> while we okay. figure out how to use I, the phones. Do I think it was Bush League or Fair Game? I think a little bit of both. Okay. I think when those, when those tweets were put out, I think they had a very, very, very strong feeling that they were going to go, oops, sorry, didn't mean to do that with the ha-ha laugh like wake wake not not I, I think that was uh the plan pretty much but i mean it's it, it's fair game i mean like miss lisa said she's right he absolutely decimated that program so you know you want to be in, a, in the public eye and you know play stupid games win stupid prizes 
So, you know, that's just part of it. I mean, these guys are very much in the public eye. So yeah. I think it was fair game. Um, on to other things, one of the things, and I don't know if anybody's brought this up, but for all times for ASU to be stinking it up like they are, do you think it's going to affect them in any way with conference realignment? No, because that, that ship has kind of sailed. Um, I, now, it hasn't sailed permanently as conference realignment is a subject that continues to come up every decade. And I'm sure once Texas gets tired of losing to the SEC, they'll do something else ridiculous and we'll have this conversation again in the 2030s. But, but right now, the Sun Belt is kind of settled. And A-State being in good standing in the league is, is going to continue to be set there. There's really We're not really going to see anything else happen at the FBS level with the exception of Conference USA continuing to get anybody in the world they can to possibly join their league. A-State's, A-State's place in the, the belt is safe. Yeah, boy, Conference USA is really throwing some Hail Marys, man. It, it's, getting, it's getting almost embarrassing for them. It is going to be a, a fascinating league yeah. because, I mean, it's just everybody who's left for the most part and then some FCS teams. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a uh, it's definitely going to be the uh, cellar dweller, uh, you know, the dregs of society as far as foot college football is concerned. I think so. Um, it is just, it's kind of the island of misfit toys. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I heard partially about the question of the day. What was it? Well, so basketball season tips off tomorrow for Arkansas State, so we're asking how would you describe your expectations heading into the upcoming year? I'm not trying to be ugly or rude or mean. I could care less about basketball. Okay. To me, basketball has got – it sailed the ship. When you can go one and done now, it's that's absurd. You know, football's got to wait. Baseball's got to wait. I just think the college basketball has gotten so dirty and nasty. It just it's not even worth watching anymore. All right, so let's switch gears. Your thoughts on the college football weekend? It was awesome. How about Michigan State going down? I thought that was terrific. We saw. So, Mich- let's see, two previously yeah, undefeated two teams. Not, yeah, in in uh, in Michigan State and Wake. Yep. Well, and I think this weekend uh, was you saw uh, it was. Final salute. Uh, LSU will crash and burn the rest of the season. I think he wanted to try to beat Alabama to finish it out. Sure. Alabama came in kind of whole hum about the game, and it, boy, did it show. I mean, good Lord, they, they barely got – they didn't even get over 50 yards of rushing. So, I think that – I think LSU is pretty much done. Arkansas should roll them, I think, very, very easily, which I'll enjoy because I'm from Louisiana. I hate LSU's guts. And I can rub it in, fa- in people's faces back home. Well, I'm glad you have that I'm to look forward to. I'm not at all. I'm, I'm glad you have that to look forward to, D-Money. Oh, it's, it's going to be a grand time when, when the, the Hogs just absolutely obliterate them. I, I'm, oh, it's going to be so good. So good. But, uh, you know, Mike Leach, I, I think his comments about, you know, the kicker thing, yeah, warranted, but eh, I think that might be a little over the top. I mean, his guys already lack confidence, and he's just piling on. So, yeah. But that's Mike Leach for you. God only knows what goes through that guy's head. Fair point. D-Money, thanks for giving us a ring today. Y'all have a great day. Hey, you too. I just follow up on that. I don't enjoy seeing coaches single out an individual player with the exception of, you know, if it's, if it's a player that goes out and makes, like, a crazy boneheaded decision – like if there's a player that goes out after the play is is dead and has some kind of ridiculous like personal foul penalty 
that significantly knocks his team back or out of scoring position. Okay, fine. But I, I don't like seeing statements like what Mike yeah, Lynch did. I don't enjoy that. I mean, that, that just kills a kid's confidence, yeah. first off. Let's uh, shout at Zach. He's been waiting patiently. Thanks for holding. Here. You doing all right? It's a virtue. Yeah, patience is a virtue. It is. It is. It's one I don't have, so I'm very impressed with yours. Hey, appreciate it. Um, speaking of singled out players and boneheaded moves, uh, Aaron Rodgers' name comes to mind first and foremost after this past weekend. He, look, he left himself open for a lot of criticism with his comments on the Pat McAfee show. Um, I, I'm really not interested in hearing anybody talk about how he got canceled because he's only going to lose one sponsorship from this, and it's one that he had that was tied into a <laughs> hospital, so you, you kind of understand that. But when you make as many comments like that as you do, then you're probably going to get criticized for it, and that's where Rogers is at. Now, he's also going to get a lot of compliments for it because this is a very dis- divisive topic that he weighed in on. So I'm sure he probably made up for the hospital sponsorship that he lost this weekend with some jersey sales. So Is he going to get double-checked for uh, for COVID? A discount double-checked or just regular double-checked? Well, double-checked. You know, you got the... the, the Two tests, I think. You know, one's a false positive, and then you get the other one. No, but, uh, he he will. I mean, he'll have to go through some kind of protocol to get back out on the field, but then he won't get tested again for ninety days because he'll have um, antibodies in his system. Well, all the other players not to get tested since he exposed them. All the guys in the huddle, he was breathing on and spitting plays out. I'm sure the unvaccinated players will. I know the the vaccinated testing protocol is is different and and i don't want to start lying because i don't remember exactly what the nfl set up at the beginning of the season gotcha but he's really got done himself this past off season and then now the season you know what after all the the dust stuff he caused uh you know in the off season don't you agree he has made more headlines this year for off the field than on it but that being said i mean we saw a glimpse Sunday of what the Jordan Love era could look like, and it's not not, not really. great. So, so nothing's really going to change in Green Bay right now. No, no. Anywho, um, what all was said to Hugh Freeze? I just, I'm curious. I didn't hear hear everything that was that was uh, thrown his way. What was some of the criticism? Well, it was on it was on Twitter. Is where. Ole Miss football took their shots. You know, after they got the win, they posted posted uh, two tweets. And the first one was, if you have complaints about this result, send it to lufootball at liberty.edu. If not, please do not slander these young men or insult their family. And that was the tweet they put out that had their final score graphic. And, of course, what that was is that was mocking a tweet that Hugh Freeze put out in 2013 where a lot of people were like, oh, Hugh Freeze is out there recruiting dirty. And Hugh Freeze was like, no, 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 no. If you have facts about a violation, send it to compliance at olmiss.edu. <laughs> if not, please do not slander these young men or insult their family. <laughs> so Ole Miss was basically throwing that back in his face. Now, that was tweet one. They did also put out one that said uh, one the day, and it had the picture of, of Hugh Freeze when he was in the hospital bed. <laughs> That's going to be the goofiest thing I've ever seen is him trying to coach from a hospital bed. He's looking out the window there. I mean, it's, isn't that the goofiest thing you've ever seen? It, well, no, because it's college football. So there's yeah. weird stuff that happens constantly. It's stupid. I, just, I can't believe when I saw it. What was, he there for, what was, that, was it a staff infection or something he was there for? I don't remember. 
Kate, do you remember what? Uh, yeah, I don't remember either, but I know okay. that there's a certain portion of the Ole Miss fan base that is like freeze or die, and they were all been out of shape about it on Saturday. I do know that. He's really, he just, he's, he's, he guys, he's wet to bed. He just, you know what I mean, with everything that went on there. I mean, from the uh, paying the players' utility bills to, you know, uh, the escort service, whatnot, yeah. you know, and then after that, him coaching from a hospital bed, looking out the window. I mean, uh, I don't know. So were those tweets but, from Ole Miss fair game or Bush League? Yeah, I'd say all fair game. When you okay. when you, when you uh, do what he did, you know, you made an ass out of You make yourself an easy target, I'll put it that way. And by the way, but, he, uh, he was uh, his hospitalization back in 2019 was following surgery that treated a potentially life-threatening staph infection. Well, I'm glad it was a staph infection and not BD. But uh, anyways... Um, how y'all like the comparison? John Morant is a cross between Derrick Rose and Allen Iverson. You think that's pretty accurate? I've seen his like name. I, I, I mean, yeah, I like it because those are two fantastic point yeah. guards. If you take away, you know, obviously D Rose's um, constant, yeah, constant injury situation, then of his career. But yeah. yeah, I mean, if he lives up to that billing, then yes, yes, you take yeah. that all day, every day. No doubt, no doubt. Anyways, yeah, uh, Hugh, uh, open season, buddy. Okay. Anyways. See you guys. See you, Zach. By the way, Grizzlies right here tonight on the ticket, 7 o'clock. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Continue more debate about, well, all the questions that we've thrown out for you today. Keep it here with us on the ticket. We're not as socially awkward as you think. Search for 95.3 The Ticket on Facebook and follow us at 95.3 The Ticket on Twitter. Experience meets innovation at First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. After more than 135 years of servicing our East Arkansas communities, we are the region's largest independently owned bank. First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas continues to invest in new products and services to best serve all our banking customers. This year, we've rolled out mobile pay technology, enabled mobile depositing from wherever you are, and a new Roundup savings feature to help you take charge of your savings. Come and see what's new at First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, member FDIC. Be part of a company that helps get food to grocery stores, medicine to pharmacies, and online orders to customers around the world. Hytrill has been an industry leader for over half a century, and they're ready for you to join their team. Design and build new conveyor systems and technology at a company that people want to work with and want to work for. One that puts its employees, partners, and customers first. Join the Hytrill family. Apply today at careers.hytrill.com. Play it against sports wants to pay you money now that I have your attention. Played Against Sports in Jonesboro wants to buy your used sports equipment. You heard me right. If you have something that's either outgrown or no longer being used, bring it to Played Against Sports now. They're looking for youth and adult baseball and softball equipment, golf, weights and workout equipment, disc golf, you name it. Played Against Sports can turn it into cash for you. Go buy Played Against Sports at the corner of Highland and Caraway in Jonesboro. Hey everybody, it's Matt Stoltz. And Brad Bobo. So everybody seems to have a podcast these days, and well, we've decided to join the party. We'll release a new episode every Tuesday. Of course, we'll talk about what's going on with the Red Wolves, but we'll also be able to talk about some things we might not always get to. That's right. We'll have interviews, behind-the-scenes info, tell plenty of stories, and have a whole lot of fun as we talk about everything A-State. It's the Second to None Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. New episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast. 
Vote today in Farmers and Merchants Bank's cutest trick-or-treater photo contest for your chance to win a station gift bag. The Little Ghosts and Goblins Entered also have an opportunity to win one of three great Halloween gift baskets from Farmers and Merchants Bank. Vote through Monday, November 8th at midnight for Farmers and Merchants Bank's cutest trick-or-treater at 953theticket.com or our Facebook page. Brought to you by The Ticket and Farmers and Merchants Bank. Member FDIC. She can stem. A message brought to you by the Ad Council. What if you went to your secret hiding place and found just a phone number, 1-800-662-HELP? Before drugs take their toll on you and your family, make the call. For help with drug use, call 1-800-662-HELP for free and confidential information and treatment referral, or go to samhsa.gov slash know the risks. On paper, it's the best sports show around. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Cade here with you. 930-3776 is the number to call. Today's uh, show theme, basically we're just throwing everything at a wall and seeing what sticks. We're obviously discussing college football from the weekend, including Arkansas State's 48-14 loss to Appalachian State. We're looking ahead to tomorrow when the Arkansas State basketball season tips off. Again, programming note, no show tomorrow. We'll have women's hoops for you instead. And then, of course, mixing in a little Ole Miss Twitter talk too because why not so questions of the day were the tweets Ole Miss posted after their win over Liberty fair game or Bush League and then also how would you describe your expectations heading into the upcoming A-State basketball season so that's all the multitude of things we've been discussing so far and even more subjects we're going to throw at you as we continue along here it was an interesting weekend (laughs) in the SEC it was obviously more than just Ole Miss beating Liberty and, and Arkansas getting bowl eligible against Mississippi State. First off, look, that that win for Arkansas, not that that was not a good win for the Hogs, but I, I think that kind of showed that Ole Miss being ranked 17th by the College Football Playoff Committee, that ranking was inflated. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew Arkansas was going to win that game. I had no doubt in my mind Arkansas was going to win that game Saturday. I continue to feel like when you go back and you look at those first rankings that came out from the college football playoff, that they they put in their top six teams like they wanted and then filled in seven through 25 based on what they thought would strengthen their case on the top six. And the weekend's results did absolutely nothing to to sway me from from those thoughts. But when you look elsewhere around the league, I just, man, to, to get a screenshot of the big money group text that you know had to be going around after Dan Mullen in Florida lost to South Carolina. I just want to see a screenshot. I just want to know how many donors immediately, all those rich people in their group text were like, I got a million on it. If you got a million on it, we got to get rid of this guy. Oh, he's done. Like he's, he may make it through the rest of the season, but he's, he's done. He's not coaching next year. I don't know what what is Florida supposed to be good at this year? Like, are they supposed? Do they have a good quarterback? Were they supposed to be able to run the ball? Yeah, I were mean, they supposed to hang their hats on their defense? What were they? What were they supposed to be good at? 
I mean, I don't think they have a bad quarterback. I just don't think their offense is is very good. I don't think they have any weapons. I don't think Anthony Richardson's very good, but I think uh, Emory Jones is fine. He's fine. Their wins this year are FAU, USF, Tennessee, and Vandy. Like, that is just, that is not boding well. Yeah, I think Dan I, Mullen's future. I think both of their quarterbacks are portal. They, uh, by the way, they did fire their defensive coordinator and their offensive line coach on the heels of those three consecutive losses. But um, twelve million sounds like a lot in terms of a buyout, and that's what Dan Mullen will be paid to go away inevitably at the end of the season. But again, I bet I bet there are some Florida boosters that have it present, have that money accounted for today. And are just waiting for Florida to put out the release. Yeah, I mean he'll he'll win his last three. Missouri's terrible. Sanford is what FCS, whatever they are. Yeah. Then Florida State's terrible. So he'll win his last three, but seventy five is not gonna cut it at Florida. Elsewhere in the SEC, really interesting game between Alabama and LSU. Because for a minute it really looked like, you know, interim LSU head coach Ed Ogeron was gonna do what interim head coach Ed Ogeron has always done and win. He's, a, he's got to be, other than maybe John Thompson, of course, who is perfect 2-0 record. And Ogeron's got to be one of the best interim head coaches of all time. He's really, really good in that gig. And again, for a while, it looked like they were somehow, some way, maybe going to upset Alabama. It was not a pretty game, but Alabama ultimately got the win. Texas A&M getting a win over Auburn. So now we know who, uh, without a doubt, the third best team in the SEC is. And that title goes to A&M. But elsewhere, uh, Kentucky's dream is over. Wildcats, it was real fun while it lasted. I was pulling for you. And then, uh, yeah, Georgia obliterated Mizzou, as was expected. That's what happened in the SEC over the weekend. Let's check in with Chuck, who's with us on the phone. How are you? I'm doing good, Carol. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for shouting at us. Uh, Oh, no problem. Hey, man, do you really think they're going to fire Dan Mullen at Florida? Yes. At the end of the season? Yes. Okay. I do because they're just look, Chuck, there are some places that just don't have they have national championship expectations whether a team or a program has actually had success in that capacity lately or not. And then if you can't get into the national championship conversation, you at least have to be in the conversation about possibly winning your division. And right now Georgia has just they have lapped them. And it's not even close. So I just I just feel like the the money there at Florida is going to be like, you know what, we've done this for three years, we're good, we're going to move on. Right. Well, I got one thing to say. Look, Florida, Steve Spurrier is not walking through them doors. Yeah. And neither is Urban Meyer. You know, sometimes the grass ain't always greener. I mean, what's he been there, three years? This makes this is his fourth season. Okay. Uh, yes, he's not done what he did at Mississippi State. I'll agree with you there, but I don't know, man. I, I think I'd give him one more year. Yeah. I just think look, they, they just have higher expectations there at Florida than they do at Mississippi State. In terms of a win loss perspective, he's got a better record at Florida than he did at Mississippi State. And it's not like his first few years were terrible. I mean, he went 10 and 3 in 2018, 11 and 2 
in 2019, and I completely forgot that they actually, you know, they won the division last year. But, again, I I just feel like there are people today with money who are looking around at the scores from Saturday and saying, you know what? That is not acceptable, and we're not going to continue this experiment. Okay, my next question is, man, is it me, or does Alabama not look as good as they they usually do? You know what, Chuck, with the exception of Georgia, I don't know if anybody looks as good as they normally do. I I don't remember a time lately where, as fans, you know, we've kind of struggled so much to figure out who the top teams in the country are. After after Georgia, who, there are like eight different teams that could put together a solid resume to say, hey, we're the second best team in the country. And I don't know which one it is. I don't either. I, I mean, you know, I know my Buckeyes ain't. You know, we've had two, we played two good defenses in the last two weeks and barely come out with a win. Yes, we come out with a win. But still, I mean, we should have throttled both of them, my opinion. Yeah. But to me, I, I think I think Alabama's got one more loss in them before the season's over. I wouldn't be – Or they make it – Go ahead, sorry. Before the SEC championship. And, you know, I could see my Buckeyes losing one more, maybe two. Before the season's over. Yeah. You know, it just, I don't know, man. I mean, we got a big game this weekend with Purdue, which is the uh, the giant killers of the Big Ten this year. Yep. You know, and I don't know, man. It just seems like this year everything's flipped upside down. You know, it's been an interesting season. It would be fascinating to think where Purdue would be if they played every team the way they do top five opponents we would be we would have already given david bell the heisman this year like it would be the conversation would be over right i'd have to agree with you and we'd have to give their coach the coaches here yeah you know just i i don't know man just this year has been unreal i think you know, and who knew that Georgia would come out and dominate the college, you know, season the way mm-hmm. they have dominated this year. You know? Yeah, they have. Again, really, there's 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 not a discussion this season on who the best team in college football is. There's a million discussions you can have on who's two through ten, but there's there's not one on, on who is at number yeah. one. It's it's not a debate right. to me. All right, I got one more question for you, Kara, and mm-hmm. the only reason why I'm asking you this is because you're a realist, okay? Okay. You're not going to sugarcoat it or anything. My question is to you, I don't see ASU winning another game this year, and I don't understand why, because they have more talent out there than what they're showing. But my question to you is, is that going to be on the coaching staff, or has these kids given up on the coaching staff? I don't think they've given up on the coaching staff. And ultimately, you have to put more on, on the coaches than the players that are left. And I honestly don't put fingers necessarily at, at either group um, because I feel like a lot of it is just the fact that you're, you're outmanned at, at two really important places. I still feel like A-State had wide, has wide receivers that can hang with a lot of other teams in the league. 
I feel like, you know, A-State's defensive ends are, are pretty good. But the two most important places that teams are built, and we keep seeing this over and over, are the offensive line and the defensive line. A-State has had one player on the offensive line that has started every game at the same position. Other than that, it has been a little bit of a patchwork unit. And we're seeing that unit um, lead to, when that unit is not as strong as it should be, well, then all of a sudden you have Lane Hatcher on his back for half the game. And if he can't get the passes to the A-State wide receivers, then it doesn't matter how good Corey Rucker or Jeff Foreman or Tavalence Hunt are if they can't get the football because he doesn't have time to throw it. It doesn't matter what talent you have at running back if those guys have absolutely zero holes to run through. So it's not that there's just this massive, massive talent disparity across all of the team. It's just the really, really key places that A-State does not have the bodies to line up against the top teams or even the medium teams this year in the Sun Belt. I don't know if that answered your question or if I just started rambling and forgot where I was going. I apologize, Chuck. Uh, Somewhat, somewhat. I guess what I'm asking, do you think there'll be changes at the coordinator's spot? Because, I mean, you can't – I mean, this is Butch Jones' first year. And, yes, it's a rebuilding year. But, I mean, I kind of feel, you know, I, I went to, I go to three or four, you know, two or three games a year. Mm-hmm. This year I've been to one, you know, and that was the Memphis game. And to me that was an exciting game. Sure. I really thought that they were going to win it. But, I mean, it just seemed like after that until they played Lafayette, man, those guys just didn't care. They, you know, and I, I'm not saying that they don't care. It's just the way the product on the field. Okay? Because I'm pretty sure they don't want to lose, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, they're a bunch of losers or anything like that. But, and, you know, do you think he makes some coordinator changes this year? That's a good question. And and I lean no on defense for the reason that we are seeing defensive improvement. You know, you go back to week five or whatever. Uh, week, I don't remember what week. Week five. A-State gave up 59 points to a Georgia Southern team that was not, that is not good and had just fired their coach. That That's bad. That is a bad performance. But you flash yeah. forward to this week, and they gave up 34 points to an App State offense that is the most well-rounded offense in the entire league. So we're starting to see some defensive improvements. I don't, I'm concerned about the offense because we're not seeing growth there. It's it's kind of stagnated right now. So I, I have no idea what Jones might be thinking in terms of personnel decisions. I will tell you this. A-State has a really limited assistant salary pool. So I am personally concerned there in terms of candidates they they might could get because Coach Heckendorf was, was Butch Jones' third choice. They were going to bring in yeah. Apple White, and for whatever reason it didn't work out. They brought in another guy whose name I had already forgotten, even went through, had the official announcement and everything, and he went to be some analyst at Texas. So I'm not sure what the coaching pool, the coaching candidate pool would be if you decided to make a change at either one of those coordinator spots. Now, Heckendorf, now, ain't this his second year as coordinator? I think it's his third. Third? Okay. And I know... A-State has not got a running game. I mean, it shows parts of it. But like you said, it all goes back to the offensive line. And that's where the game's won is in the the trenches. Yeah. But, you know, you would think that they would 
be at least as good as they were last year when at least three games. You would think that that would be the case, but Chuck, there is a significant chance A State could end up with the same record as last season. Or excuse me, oh, yeah. the same the same win total. We could still be looking right. at a four win team because because the strength of schedule gets dramatically easier over these final three games. Right, right. And dude, I'd love to see that. I really would. But I mean it just I don't know, man. I just I can't see a guarantee win on any of them. Well, of course not. This team is yet to beat an FBS opponent. So I, I can get the, the skepticism. Until you see it done, why would you have faith in, in them to be able to accomplish that? I understand. You know, and I mean, but I appreciate you. I, yeah, the answer you gave me, I mean, you know, I really do. I know you'd shoot it correctly instead of being a homer, you know, because you're a realist just like, every, you know, like I am. Dude, like I tell you. You know, my Buckeyes do look good, but, man, they're skeptical. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And don't worry, I'm still a homer. I'm still going <laughs> to hype up these next three games, and when we preview ULM, we'll talk about how A-State can pull it off. Right, right. And that's, that's the homer in you, man. That's the way <laughs> I am. When I play, hey, we're going to beat them bad. You know, but after the game, it's like, you know, this. you know this was coming. You know? Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking my call, Carrie. Y'all have a great day and go Red Wolf. Hey, thanks for shouting at us, Chuck. I'll tell you what, let's uh, let's hit pause. A couple of things we need to get to when we come back. One, we're going to talk just a little bit more A-State football. We always ask five questions on Friday before the game that we think will decide the outcome. We'll go back and revisit those, uh, see how key any of those points were. And then, of course, we've got a lot to talk about in the top 25 as well. So more college football talk on the way next. Keep it here with us on the Workday Red Zone. Northeast Arkansas's sports station is 95.3 The Ticket. Tickets for the annual Grand Classic are on sale now at DNW Outdoors, Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, and online at DuckClassic.com. Duck Classic is a charity duck hunting competition benefiting the NEA Baptist Charitable Foundation. Ask how you could win great prizes, like a 2021 Polaris Ranger 1000 Premium from Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, a $15,000 shopping spree to gamble home, and the duck truck, courtesy of Glenn Sane, completely camoed up and tricked out by DNW Automotive with over $14,000 in accessories. Tickets are only $100 are on sale now at DNW Outdoors, Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, and online at DougClassic.com. The 19th Annual Doug Classic, presented by NEA Baptist, DNW Outdoors, Bandit Avery, Yeti, KAIT, Arkansas Health and Wellness, Drake, Gamble Home, Glenn Sane, Andy's Frozen Custard, Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield, Harvest Bank, Bayou DeVue, Elite Home Health, Elite Hospice, Hag Brown, NYIT, Ramson's Construction, Refuge Duck Calls, Sissy's Log Cabin, Sitka, Valley View Agri, Vineyard Outdoor, and East Arkansas Broadcasters. Hey y'all, this is Matthew Cox with Cox Implement. Time for football and time to check out our new inventory of zero-turn mowers. Don't keep putting money in that old mower and don't wait till next year. It is no secret the inventory has been a challenge in 2021, but at Cox, we are stocking up on zero-turn mowers and preparing for 2022. Kick off the fall with a new zero-turn mower from Cox Implement. Come see us at any of our three locations in Hoxie, Highland, and Jonesboro or visit us online at coximplement.com. Cox Implement, equipment you can count on, people you can trust. 
Central Ford in Truman is Central Satisfaction. What is Central Satisfaction? Making sure you get the best deal on your next vehicle and award-winning customer service after you buy. Right now, Central Ford has a huge selection of late model F-150s and F-250s ready to go. Looking for an SUV? Select from several expeditions, edges, and escapes on the lot. Central Ford is Central Satisfaction. Just off I-555 at exit 29 in Truman and online at centralfordtruman.com. New at Farmers and Merchants Bank on Highland Drive in Jonesboro, our MVP Center. That's me banking virtual pro, kind of like an ATM, only there's a real F&M banker on screen to help you do almost anything you can do inside the lobby. Live teller hours, 7 to 7 weekdays and 9 till noon on Saturdays. Works as an ATM 24-7. Think inside the box with Farmers and Merchants Bank on Highland and coming soon to Southwest Drive at Parker Road. Member FDIC. Arkansas is famous for its public green timber duck hunting, and the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission is working to maintain that legacy. Join Game and Fish for public meetings on green tree reservoir management at Diamond Bear Brewing in North Little Rock on Tuesday, November 9th, and the Arkansas State University Cooper Alumni Center in Jonesboro, Thursday, November 18th. Meetings are from 5 to 7 p.m. Meet commissioners, the agency director, biologists, and land managers, and learn more about the ongoing work to conserve Arkansas's flooded timber duck hunting. Giving you 110% and taking it one show at a time. Here's Kara Ritchie. All right, welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Kate with you continuing to recap the weekend. What did Gus Malzahn do to himself? Does anybody know? I know he had, was he, so he has a fractured tibia. He's going to be on crutches for about six weeks, suffered a knee injury during the two-lane game. Was he, like, celebrating the game? Because I think they got bowl eligible. And now he's on, he's on crutches. This is the first time I'm hearing of this. I knew he had hurt himself some way, but I don't know. I don't know that full story. We'll dig around. We'll dig around. We'll see if we can find that full story. Uh, that's one of many things that happened over the course of the college football weekend. Of course, we saw a couple of more top teams suffer setbacks. And uh, it's kind of interesting. We went back, I think it was last Wednesday, and there is this long, 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 long list of things we laid out that, ten, that excuse me, Cincinnati would have to see unfold for them to be able to get in the top four of the playoff rankings. <laughs> And I think we saw about three or four of those happen over the course of the weekend with both Michigan State and Wake Forest losing. But, of course, we're going to see the rankings come out on Tuesday and Cincinnati is going to be dragged for how close they played down to Tulsa in that game. And I kind of get it. It was not a impressive win by any stretch. They had to have some real luck at the end of the game. They almost shot themselves in the foot. But then somehow Tulsa managed to come out and shoot themselves in the foot a little bit harder and still defeat from the jaws of victory. And Cincinnati was able to come out on top. But every week, I feel like we see just a little bit more how hard it is to stay undefeated in a college football season. Because you have that fluky game, and then all of a sudden your season is, if you're a group of five team, your season is lost. If you're Oregon, you can go out and lose to one of the worst Power 5 teams in the country in Stanford, and then somehow still keep a playoff yeah. spot. I just, 
Stanford isn't quite at, at Kansas level. I've joked that any team in the country who trails Kansas at any point in time of the season should be ineligible for the college football playoff. But man, Oregon losing to, to Stanford, as bad as Stanford is, that I feel like that should almost just be like, uh, nope, you're done. You're, you can't do it. Can't put you in the playoff. Not quite there, but man, that's an ugly loss. And it gets uglier every single week. Looking at the college football storylines or the results from over the weekend, when we look at the top 25 action, again, uh, Purdue, just it is fascinating what they do as an unranked, unranked team uh, because they were able to upset Michigan State. And the thing is now is like, now everybody knows Purdue is coming. Now everybody knows that this is their MO. Be mediocre for most of the season and then play like the best team in the country when you are unranked and you're facing a top five opponent. But they went out and, and did it again. David Bell is really, really good. He does some awesome things. And they were able to get a, a victory. I didn't tune in much for that one. I did watch kind of a miserable Oregon-Washington game. Yeah, that was from the, the game and the conditions both. Yeah, it was. They played in a monsoon. It was a low score. And... For most of it, it was competitive throughout, so I guess at least there was that. But Washington led that one after a quarter nine to three. And they trailed, you know, ten to nine at the half, trailed seventeen to nine after three. And in fact, trailed seventeen to nine late, late, late in that game. In fact, with about two minutes to go, and Washington desperately needing to score. There was a lot of criticism because Jimmy Lake, their head coach, decided he would punt the ball. And I guess the football gods were offended because instead of that being a normal punt, which we see hundreds of across the weekend in college football, long snapper snaps it out of the end zone. And it's a safety. It was just a, a mess of a situation there at the end of the game for Washington. And and although I was kind of pulling for the upset because I want to see complete chaos happen in, in college football, Washington did not at all deserve to win that game. Of course, Jimmy Lake dealing with more today other than just a bad decision because it looked like there was a sideline incident during that game. It looked like he hit a, a player in the helmet. And then what happens after that? Well, their athletic director, Jen Cohen, talked about it, put out a statement saying they had put uh, a lot of time into reviewing the, the the incident. And even though, quote, we do not believe his actions were intentional or deliberate, we can have no tolerance for a coach interacting with a student in the manner Coach Lake did, end quote. So he's got to serve a one-game suspension for his role in that incident. And this is just a, a bad season getting worse for Washington. Yeah, I highly doubt Jimmy Lake is still employed by Washington next year. I would find that that stunning. All in all, just a weird weekend throughout college football. Ohio State able to get a win over Nebraska. I guess it was as, as close to a dominant, as, about as close as a, to a dominant performance almost that we saw in the top 10, with the exception of Georgia. And then, of course, Michigan a, getting a pretty solid win as well. But we, of course, saw Wake Forest lose their undefeated status. And you would look at this game and see Wake Forest in North Carolina and assume that Wake would be 8-1 and one overall and 5-1 and one in the ACC. But because of just weird scheduling, this was not a conference game. 
So Wake Forest is, they've lost the game, but they still look like they're cruising into that ACC title game. Yeah, that that's just so weird that that was a non-conference yeah. game. I mean, I guess I get it. Like, you need to play someone and fill out your non-conference schedule. That makes a whole lot of sense from a, I guess, a geography standpoint, but still. It was interesting, but they, they did it. So I guess, I guess well played by Wake. <laughs> You're going to lose, but you can still go to the title game, so why not? Baylor, also a loser this week, as they fell to a coachless TCU, which was interesting there. Kentucky at 18 lost as well. Minnesota, who really looked like they got put into the top 25 rankings to boost the Big Ten candidacy. Well, they they lost. And uh, Fresno State, who also looked like they got put at 23rd to help boost Oregon's resume. They lost, and they didn't lose. They got their butts kicked. It's one of the most lopsided scores in the top 25. They lost to Boise 40-14. to So just another fascinating weekend around college football, and I'll be interested to see how the college football playoff committee responds to these scores. I say that. They probably made their rankings on Friday, and then they'll just... <laughs> Adjust on the fly. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Red Wolf Mark is with us. What are you doing? Not much. Everybody, everybody knows Thanksgiving coming up, right? I mean, I hope so. Yeah, Thanksgiving's coming up. If you need, if you need a good turkey, call Cade. Call Cade. You need a turkey. If you need to kill, if you need one, for Thanksgiving. Cade, Cade's a turkey. Okay. He, he, yeah. Um, I'm gonna uh, say go Red Wolves. Mm-hmm. Go to all the high school teams. Mm-hmm. And uh. And, and just just go and go to my Nellerton Raiders because they put a spanking on win. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think Brooklyn won. They did. Too, I think. Yep. Unless they go to the Bearcats too. And uh, who they play in the playoffs, Cade? Uh, they don't. They don't play in the playoffs, huh? They do not. Wow. I thought they might. I thought they might played. Yeah, well, go, go Brooklyn because um, they they had a good year, you know, and uh, next year they're gonna have a better year. There you go. We like the optimism. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say go to everybody in Jonesboro and, and go care and go Cade and go and go just go everybody around us. Thank you, Red Wolf Mark. Um, righty. and happy birthday, Miss Lisa. Happy birthday, Miss Lisa. Thanks, Mark. Let's take a break. Come back and wrap things up here on today's Workday Red Zone. The Ritter Communications Hotline is open now on Northeast Arkansas Sports Station. Call 930-3776. Football season is in full swing, and your friends at the ticket are talking about all the teams you care about. High school, Red Wolves, Razorbacks, we've got you covered with all your favorite shows, including the Front Row with Budrow, RWRC Radio, the Workday Red Zone with Carol Ritchie, the Setup, and the Drive with Brad Bobo. And the ticket is Northeast Arkansas's home to the Dallas Cowboys. So so if you want football, we're here for you on 104.1 KBRI, KNEA AM 970, 95.3 and 96.9 The Ticket. 
This is Davey Carter with Centennial Bank. At Centennial, we're proud of our long-standing relationship with Arkansas State University. Whether it's opening up a new account at our on-campus banking center, we're cheering with you at Centennial Bank Stadium. And we're embracing our newest Red Wolf leaders as well, including our hard-charging football coach, Butch Jones, and our new athletic director, Tom Bowen. At Centennial, our promise is to always be here for you. We're building legacies, one Red Wolf at a time. Centennial Bank, member FDIC. There's a new elite dog grooming salon in Jonesboro. High Standards Grooming is different from the rest. High Standards Grooming offers a completely cage-free environment with a positive, force-free, and muzzle-free grooming experience for your furry family member. Let Mallory Garrison and her staff treat your dog like their own at High Standards Grooming. Right by Sage Meadows on County Road 712 inside Central Park. Find them on Facebook at High Standards Jonesboro or call them for an appointment today, 501-547-4613. Experience the difference of High Standards Grooming. The 35th annual Little Bit of Christmas Arts and Crafts Show is Friday through Sunday, November 12th, 13th, and 14th in First National Bank Arena. Doors are open from noon to 7 p.m. Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, and from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Sunday, featuring daily appearances by Santa Claus. Tickets are $6 for adults, $4 for senior citizens, and youth 13 to 18. Children 12 and under are free. To purchase tickets, call 870-972-2781. We'll see you at Little Bit of Christmas. Hey, everybody, it's Matt Stoltz. And Brad Bobo. So everybody seems to have a podcast these days, and, well, we've decided to join the party. We'll release a new episode every Tuesday. Of course, we'll talk about what's going on with the Red Wolves, but we'll also be able to talk about some things we might not always get to. That's right. We'll have interviews, behind-the-scenes info, tell plenty of stories, and have a whole lot of fun as we talk about everything A-State. It's the Second to None podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. New episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rex Nelson. As a native Arkansan, I take pride in our state's natural beauty. And as someone who has been in all 75 counties, I've seen how prevalent litter is across our state. It's time for people to clean up our state for those who live here and to enhance Arkansas's image for those wanting to visit. Let's clean up Arkansas. Visit KeepArkansasBeautiful.com to do your part and get involved. This message brought to you by this station, the Arkansas Broadcasters Association, and the Keep Arkansas Beautiful Commission. You've already mailed it in at work today, so you might as well keep it right here. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Last segment here on a Monday edition of the program. Kara and Kate, with your phone lines open at 930-3776. Just a reminder, no show for us tomorrow. So we got A-State women's basketball tipping off the season at 11 o'clock. Pre-game coverage at 1030. You'll be able to hear Kate Carlton on the call. It's the voice of Arkansas State women's basketball, and it's uh, Central Baptist College is who the A-State women open the season with. Of course, it is the first leg of a triple header tomorrow at First National Bank Arena. You've got A-State women's basketball at 11, A-State volleyball at 5, and A-State men's basketball. Let's open the season against Harding at 7.30. So busy, busy, busy day tomorrow on the campus of Arkansas State University. Let's go to the phones and check in with Mace Man. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? Hey, doing good. Thanks for calling us today. Hey, no problem. Hey, you and Chuck was talking a while ago, and y'all made a good comment about how this year's college football, and with exception of Georgia, uh, that's the only dominant team. And I'm kind of like y'all. I believe that Ohio State, Oklahoma, 
uh, Oregon, they might Alabama can you lose another game. Is there a possibility, in your opinion, that this could be the first year that a two-loss team could make the playoffs? Because it it might just come down when there's nobody left. I think Besides that, Georgia, I, I don't think Georgia get beat yeah. all year. I think that the college football playoff committee could absolutely have a situation where they would put in a two-loss Alabama or Ohio State over a possibly undefeated Cincinnati. I could still see that happening. I would hate it, but I could still see that happening. I think if they did that, they would catch all kinds of, uh, of slack. And I think an undefeated Cincinnati team getting in there, I think you might, no matter who they play, I think you're going to have a lot of average, just average Joe, you know, football players, fans going to watch that. I know I'll watch Georgia and Cincinnati before I watch Georgia in a two-loss uh, Ohio State. You know, yeah. to me, I think it'd be intriguing. But then again, the way Cincinnati's playing, you know, they're always going to take one to slip up them. They're going to be out. So, But I was just kind of wondering what you thought. And I want to make a comment about Mike Leach real quick. Uh, Mike Leach is a decent quarter, uh, decent coach, but most of the time he, his mouth gets him in more trouble. And for him to do that to them players, it's an open trial. One, I don't even know if he can really do that. I mean, I don't, can, he, can he just say anybody come try out? I thought they had to go to the athletic department. Well, I mean, can he just pick and choose what he does at the – you can't just open it up to anybody, you know, any you would have to make sure that players would get cleared through the NCAA clearinghouse, make sure that their eligibility is still correct and all of that. So it's not like he can just open up the field and say, "Hey, if you can make it through the uprights, you're automatically on the team." But, I mean, teams have tryouts all the time. If there's um, a situation where they're not not doing that great. Wasn't it? It was this was probably about 5 or 6 years ago. It was before the um I just went blank. It was before the Cody Grace era at A-State, but it was like the middle of the season and A-State added a punter um, that didn't even have his name on the back of his jersey, wasn't <laughs> even on the roster, and they had had to have a situation where they had an open tryout and, and added this dude. Usually it's just not publicized like Mike Leach just went out and publicized it. Well, I think if I was uh, athletic director of the president of Mississippi State, I'd probably just pull him aside and say, that was your freebie there. Don't do that again. Because that just brings a lot of negative publicity to the university. And, and like I said, Mike Leach, in my opinion, is a decent coach, but he's more known to run out of mouth than anything. So, yeah. you guys have a good day. Hey, you too. Uh, that pretty much does it as far as the phones today. Do you want to go back and revisit our KavanaughCars.com questions? So we've been asking you, how would you describe your expectations heading into the A State basketball season? Most of you, 51%, say, hey, I think they'll be good. That's where the bulk of you are at today. Of course, that's always brought to you by our friends at KavanaughCars.com. Uh, we always call it a one stop shop for everything you need, um, not just to buy your car, but to get it serviced after you pick one up as well. But they have the full inventory there. You could get pre approved there. You could find out how much your trade in is going to be valued at there. And uh, if heck, if you wanted to, you could just buy a car online at KavanaughCars.com. We did throw in a bonus question asking you if the tweets Ole Miss posted after their win over Liberty were fair game or Bush League. It's a pretty close vote, but 53% of you going Bush League. Kate, I think you disagree. I, I mean, I got where Kiffin and Keith Carter were coming from, but at the same time, like, I throw it all out there. Like, I, I don't care. I thought the contact liberty at or contact compliance. Yeah. I thought that was. Hilarious. I thought that was hilarious. I think maybe they probably shouldn't have done the hospital bed yeah. one. If they would have just done the compliance one, maybe it would have been okay. But yeah, I mean, I just I I have a hard time feeling any type of sympathy for Hugh Freeze, but that's just me. 
I think there's a lot of Ole Miss fans who are in the same boat yeah. as you. So you're not on an island there <laughs> by any stretch. Hey, that's a wrap for us on the program today. Thanks to all of you who called in, commented, voted on social media. We appreciate you. Keep it here. The setup with Kate and Andrew is next, followed by The Drive at 3 o'clock. Have it here in the morning for the front row with Budrow at 7. And then, again, uh, midday programming not going to be happening tomorrow here on the ticket due to A-State women's basketball. Kate and I will catch up with you Wednesday at noon. So for Kate, I'm Kara. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Can't wait to talk to you then. Have a great, great day.